What's up, guys, and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of The Mana Curve, the fortnightly show where 983 take you through a different world of a different CCG. And this time we are diving back into some Gwent because we had Gwent open. Number two happened literally just this weekend, and it was a pretty decent spectacle. We've got an amazing, amazing panel lined up for you guys. But before we get there, as you'll know, 983 also bring you the wonderful CCG weekly show. And this show is brought to you by, who guessed it, the CCG weekly show. A, a big thank you to Tia for this week taking you through all the CCG news. But it's fair to say, guys, we are very much in expansion season. Obviously, you guys who are tuned in for the Gwent will know that Gwent have got an expansion just around the corner. But that's not the only game that's got an expansion releasing or just released. So I'm going to take you through a couple of games. We've got some taste new expansions, new content you can know, definitely check out. I'm going to kick off with some Shadowverse. Shadowverse had its 17th, guys, 17th expansion release this week called fortune's hand it brought a brand new mechanic into the game called rally which very much relies on builds around tribal style decks you can get 10 free card packs now if you head over and play the game shadowverse.com or you can just go to steam it's also available there and the expansion is available in game next we go over to cards which also got a new expansion this week called theaters of war now this one is a little bit different because there are only 40 cards released for this expansion however there's a whole new game mode called theaters of war this brought six single player campaigns into the game and it's by playing these campaigns that you can get hold of those 40 cards honestly single player content in ccgs is something that is in my opinion completely underrated and big kudos to 1939 games for bringing that single player content into cards now over to eternal you'll know that a couple of weeks back we've brought to you in ccg news the announcement of the ardent depths uh, eternal expansion and that is now available over 200 new cards in the game some new mechanics and some returning faces but this time those faces have been plagued by Vara's nightmares. Argent Depths is available now in-game on Eternal. And that takes you through all the CCG expansion on top of that wonderful CCG news you got earlier today or earlier this week from the mighty tier. Now, before we jump into the much eagerly anticipated show you guys are waiting for, a quick mention on 983's next event, which is MTGA Gladiator. It's a brand spanking new, well, not brand spanking new, it's a newish format in Magic the Gathering. It's a singleton format, 100 cards, no companions, no leaders, no commanders, just... Just hope you find the best card you want to. And that event is happening on the 11th and 12th of July. All information can be found in the description of this video, or you can join the 983 Discord. More importantly, that event is being casted by Magic the Gathering powerhouse himself, Merchant. It is indeed. I can't wait for it personally. If you want to try and take on Woody in a Gladiator showdown, best of luck to you. Anyway, let's jump into the show, shall we? That's what you guys are here. Let's go join and meet our wonderful panel. Okay, guys, we are in with our wonderful, wonderful Gwent panel. And uh, as we said, we're talking all about the Gwent Open 2. And there'll be a little bit of spicy expansion chat in there as well. But enough of me. Let's jump in and actually meet this wonderful and pretty gorgeous panel. We're going to jump straight over uh, to Apero. So, Apero, if you could uh, say who you are. If I've said your name wrong, correct me now, and I promise I'll make a note and get it right. If you no, could say who you are, where people can find you, and who you are in the Gwent community, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. So, Apero, over to you. Sure, thank you. Yeah, my name is Apero. I'm a member of Team Aratusa. Been playing since 
Oof, gosh. Oh, that's testing me. 2017? 2018? Must be 2017. Uh, since beta. And uh, been streaming since then. But of course, nowadays, I'm best known for being the queen of beginner Gwent content. I make lots of stuff on YouTube for beginners explaining basic mechanics. And I'm most often found either on YouTube or on Twitter. So that's me. Nice. And where can people find you? Uh, there, on Twitter. So, um, uh, Apero? Yeah, no, no, at my real name, Anna J. McDougall. Oh. Yeah, no, crazy time. There you go, cool. <laughs> uh, I'll turn it on a mention. Um, and jumping over to a very big name in Gwent uh, and a very big name for uh, Team Leviathan Gaming, Spyro, my friend. Introduce yourself, buddy, and tell you what your history with the Gwent game is. Well, I'm Spyro. I've been playing Gwent since... Um, since the beginning of open bet i'm also part of tlg or team leviathan gaming and yeah i've been playing gwent since the beginning of open bet i started off on console on ps4 um obviously that got discontinued so i had to move over to pc um and yeah i've kind of just stuck with gwent and been enjoying it ever since and yeah i focus more on the competitive aspect of the game i'm more of a competitive player i would describe myself as and obviously a streamer as well competitive streamer <laughs> Nice, nice. And um, um, because we couldn't get hold of Shamiri, we had to deal with Specimen Gwent instead. I'm only joking. We actually had Specimen Gwent all along. Uh, but the, our last guest is Specimen Gwent. Uh, but introduce yourself, mate, and where or who you are in the Gwent community. Yeah, so I'm Specimen. I've played Gwent for like three years. It's not my first like podcast I've done in a long time as well. So a little bit nervous. But um, I, stream on, I stream Gwent like most days at the moment. Uh, used to play on console, a bit like Spiro. And I mainly play like homebrew decks, um, sort of like try and play off-meta decks, but still try and do decently. That's sort of my my vibe. I upload on YouTube as well, so Specimen Gwent on, on everything, really. Yeah. I've not been able to catch your streams recently. Are you still the self-claimed king of Northern Realms? I mean, I'd like to describe myself as that. I think it's a bit of a stretch at the moment, but I've slowly started branching out and actually playing other factions. I only played NR for like the first two years of uh, Homecoming Gwent, so slowly branching out. <laughs> it's like learning a whole new game now. You're like, there's other factions. Oh, mechanic. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is our wonderful panel, guys. And as I said, we are here to speak about Gwent Open and the new expansion coming up. Now, Gwent Open number two has literally just happened, and it was an amazing spectacle. It was an absolute brilliant event hosted by CDPR over on Twitch. Uh, and we saw Wang ID take the top spot after going through three uh, grueling rounds of competitive Gwent. And we're going to dive into the thick of the main event um, of, of the Gwent Open, and we're going to dive into the thick of the expansion of it. But what I want to do, and I'm going to come to Sparrow first, is just what, your quick summary thoughts of the of the Gwent Open. Did you like it? What did you like about it? And uh, any highlight moments for you, buddy? Um, I definitely did enjoy it. Obviously, watching competitive Gwent gameplay always always um is something that i enjoy um it was definitely nice to see that a lot of the technical issues from the first gwent open or the first gwent open of the season was um you know re rectified because obviously in the first one we had a lot of there were, there were a lot of delays it was, it was a new system that, that cdp obviously haven't done an online event before um so it's nice to see it was go went along much smoother this time and overall i definitely enjoyed um seeing the competitive aspect of the game it was very exciting games um I, I i do hope that one day we will return back to land events because there are still like issues that every now and then do happen like disconnects and whatnot and it's always so sad to see someone lose a game because of a disconnect um so i still would like to see eventually return back to land once like you know the whole um, virus situation is um you know maybe move past but for now i think it's definitely nice we can at least get season two underway um and carry it on for the time being 
Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and specimen Gwent, buddy, your thoughts on the open highlight moments? Anything stand out to you, dude? I mean, the obvious one's Red Rain, right? Like the guy just brought the passion. Um, it's just good to watch, man. Like as someone, uh, I play a lot of Gwent, but even for someone that plays as much Gwent as I do, like day one of Gwent tournaments is a little bit of a slog. I feel like there's four games, can go for a long time. And if you're just sort of watching Gwent unfold and you're not really too invested in the people playing, it's not as entertaining. Obviously, you've got people like Tailbot that have got like big community followings already. But then when you bring someone like Red Dream in that obviously streams the game, he brings decks that he sort of like created himself and he's well known for. And then you also add in his passion as well. I feel like it just adds a lot to, to the tournament really and um, really enjoyed watching him. I think he did a, a great job. So I enjoyed it a lot. I still think um, they need to somehow find a way to maybe make the games like take less time in a tournament set. And I do feel like at times it can be pretty difficult for like your average viewer to commit to watching a whole tournament. Uh, so that's something maybe, I don't know how you'd address it, but uh, I really enjoyed it overall. And like I said, Red Dream, definitely the standout for me. I completely agree, buddy. Like as someone who's literally just had a kid like six weeks ago, committing to watch eight hours of Gwent just is, is an absolute no-go. It is a case of I will watch 45 minutes now and then I'll watch half an hour then. And then I, so I do agree with you, but it's hard, right? Because it's that top 1% and you're looking at getting into that community to really die, like digest that uh, the competitive Gwent. And coming over to you, Apera, your uh, top thoughts or your thoughts on the Gwent Open 2? Yeah, I mean, not a lot to add really to what the other two have said. I totally agree about uh, Red Dream. I just think, what a showman. And it's awesome. You know, I think everyone here, we have kind of an entertainment side to ourselves. And it's so nice to kind of see that personality come out in a pro player as well. Um, I will say as well, props to CDPR. The the distance that they came from open one to open two <laughs> in terms of the quality of that broadcast was just incredible and i thought um i thought really all things considered it was it was a spectacular event um obviously we got to see uh how draws and rng can have its effect but i guess you know that's always the double-edged sword of any card game and yeah all in all i thought it was great but i agree it did run a little long on saturday as usual and i also have a tiny human in my life and that uh that does restrict how much you can yeah. get to watch for sure they, they certainly do that, don't they? As well as many other restrictions that get put on as well. Um, but yeah, and obviously, Gwent Open 2 is, is a massive thing and it, it's done now and it, it, it marks the, I don't want to say halfway through the season because technically there's the Masters still to come at the end of that, but um, we have also got new expansion coming. Like that's, that's something that I think not people forgot about, but obviously everyone was so hyped for the Gwent Open 2, all of a sudden the dust settles and then you wake up this morning and you're like, Wait a minute, there's a Gwen expansion tomorrow. Absolutely, Bob's your uncle. Here we go. So um, what I want to go jump into, guys, is talk about a little bit about the, the new expansion coming up. Um, there's We've had a massive reveal campaign, and I think this is the biggest reveal campaign we've ever had with a Gwent expansion. Almost every card has been shown off before the actual expansion releases. So there's a lot of theory crafting going around. There's a lot of those, those Reddit warriors jumping to Reddit and jumping on those cards that are OP. There's a lot of the Twitter people doing exactly the same. But what I want to do is ask you guys. You guys are all very respectable uh, people in the Brent community, whether you be competitive, whether you be content cringe. So we like to see the Peros here for the beginners. Uh, and then we also got Spyro, who I know is a very uh, high level player as well. Specimen Gwent is propping up the foundations decently with a bit of Northern Realms. But I want your guys' thoughts, and I want to know what you guys are looking forward to playing day one. Tomorrow, expansion drops. I'm going to come over to you, Specimen Buddy. What are you going to be building and playing tomorrow when the expansion drops? 
I mean, to be fair, like overall, the expansion is not that many cards, but I do feel like there's quite a lot of quality like in the mix. There's a lot of things to try out, pushing the different archetypes. Obviously, the evolving cards, devotion decks where you're just building like one faction. I'm gonna start with Northern Realms, of course. And then um probably the next place I'll branch out to is Monsters Wild Hunt and maybe then dabble in a little bit of spies. There's all sorts to try out, right? And I do like they're pushing these older archetypes from beta with the evolving cards as well. But um yeah, Northern Realms is gonna be where I start. Then probably yeah, a little bit of Wild Hunt monsters, I think, with some weather. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how weather pans out. Uh Pero, what are you looking forward to jumping in and then playing or especially maybe Spin the question a little bit. What are you looking forward to teaching people to play first in your beginner <laughs> videos? Yeah, look, I, I'm an old school Nilfgaard fan. So you're definitely going to be seeing me mess around with spies and disloyal units. That is that is my bread and butter. I am pumped to get back into that. And that is probably what some of my early videos will be covering if I have to take a guess. Uh, I'm also keen to try out Monsters and Frost um, just because of all the changes that have happened. I think there's a lot of room to grow there. Uh, we kind of mentioned before, before the show began, and, and I'll, I'll say it again now, uh, that... For me, I'm the kind of person, I don't really like theory crafting. I like waiting for it to drop. Then I like diving in and just going for it and learning as I go. That's my style. Um, so I guess uh, for me, I'm a little bit scared of monsters in a way. So I, I guess for me, the the uh, impulse is to start doing lots of stuff with monsters so I get to know exactly what it's all about. And that way I know better how to defend against it in the future. Uh, they definitely like people always complain about neck decking but listen, if you want to learn to play against the deck you got to learn to play the deck it's as simple as that um and spyro over to you buddy what are you looking forward to jumping in tomorrow and smashing your way up ladder with you're going to trample over all of your opposition <laughs> i think i got a very similar feeling as a pair i also really want to start with north god spies it's a deck that I was very fond of in open beta because it was a very high skill deck where you know it, it rewarded players for playing well um and it's something that's seems to be coming back with a lot of its roots um, from open beta. You know, you've got those enforcers that are that have been slightly reworked. You've got, I can't remember the name of the new card, but it's basically like what old open beta um, brigades were. And I'm very excited to try Northgard Spies, obviously with the new evolving cards, Usurper having a lot of synergy there. Also quite excited to try out some Wild Hunt. Wild Hunt is also an archetype that, you know, has kind of faded away a bit in Homecoming, and I'm glad to see it coming back. And it's going to be very exciting to try out those two specifically. Um, when day one, I would say, yeah, no, nice. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I've said this story before, and I'll say it again because it's a brilliant story. Mafius, uh, who's behind the scenes right now, I still remember the Crimson Curse PTR when he went in there and was playing lockdown for the whole thing just to annoy <laughs> people who were trying to play the PTR. And that's kind of what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I'm just going to go and play some lockdown. <laughs> I'm going to be like, just see, like, yeah, you want to learn your new, your new mechanics? Yeah. Try to do it about a lead, simple as that. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got to be done. Like, I'm the fun taker. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I, I play mono blue or, or Simic in, in Magic, and I play Lockdown in, in Gwent. I'm that kind of person, people. Um, but as you guys have all mentioned, there's a lot of returning, uh, not only mechanics, but as as uh, Specimen mentioned, artwork as well. We've seen old-school leader art make a, make a comeback onto actual cards again. The evolving cards look stunning each having their, their evolving stages, the artwork and telling their own little story. There's no secret, we don't need to do a section here on how good Gwent's artwork is. It is the best in any card game. There's there's no comparison for that. Um, but what I wanted to know is, 
we had the return of mechanics coming. There are so many mechanics still, though, from Open Beta that aren't in Gwent, and people are kind of asking for them. I want to know from you guys, is there anything that you played in Open Beta that you would like to see brought into the game in future expansions and you think could really have a place in the game? Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Spyro, buddy. Hmm. Interesting question. Um, I don't know. There was, open Beta was very different. It's hard to say because a lot of these things that I kind of enjoyed in Open Beta would potentially be very overpowered like in today's world. Like I, I kind of like strengthening in a way, but also it's a very abusable mechanic. And we have seen it being touched on now with this veteran tag coming, um, the strengthened mechanic coming back slightly. It is an interesting mechanic. I would like to see some kind of dabble in that. But at the same time, you've got to be very, very careful with, with strengthening because it can be a very abusable mechanic too. Um, yeah, there's also things like consume, which was interesting, but again, could end up being a bit overpowered in, in homecoming days. Um, other than that, I'm not entirely sure. I would also, I think, like to see some added consistency in some aspects of the game. Right now, there is a lot of, I feel, draw dependencies in certain things. I would like to see maybe some factions getting um, some better... You know, faction-specific tutor cards, perhaps, because, you know, that's devotion coming as a mechanic. Um, if you if you have a very important tool in your deck that you can't get access to because you can't run Royal Decree because you're trying to make use of devotion, then it can you could miss out on a key aspect of your deck and it could, you know, feel a little bit bad to miss out on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you could argue that Echo is like the first little baby step towards that, right? But apart from that is based on graveyard tutoring, but still it's, it's, it's a tutor card based on a faction. So we're taking baby steps towards those. Um, specimen buddy, uh, what do you, uh, what you return mechanics wise, what would you like to see brought in that, that we haven't seen in homecoming yet, but was in open beta? I mean, one thing like that sticks out to me is cards like the old bloody Baron that you could basically build your whole deck around. It's not even necessarily that competitive, but what the old bloody Baron used to do is he used to buff himself for every unit you kill. So just like those kind of cards that you can build whole decks around, I feel like cards you could compare it to are like Keltalis uh, in the current game. Those sorts of cards you can just go all in on, build a whole deck around, have a bit of fun with. I feel like just more of those cards, which I think there's a few in the expansion as well. So more cards like that, I think, um, will be good. And like Spiro says as well, with more like thinning cards essentially in the factions and just hopefully making that draw dependency a little bit less. Because that's maybe one thing I don't love about the game at the moment a lot of the time it comes down to who draws their gold cards etc and maybe more tutor cards would help fix that as well yeah i mean that's always gonna be the case with gwen right because it has such a small deck size like 25 deck size and they're already being neutral thinning in the in the game with mulligans as well it's it's a very low percentage you don't get to find the card you don't want but when you do it's pretty punishing right because you know that your opponent has probably found the cards they want um but apero return mechanics what would you like to see brought into homecoming yeah, okay. There, I, I was thinking about this, and I think there are two things I would want to see come back. So we're seeing spies kind of come back here with all the little pings, but what I would love to see as well is Henselt Machines. Ooh. I would love Henselt Machines to come back. I know minority opinion, but that was another one of those decks that I just loved playing and destroying with. And the other thing I would love to see, gotta say it, Camby. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, I mean, I will say, though, you guys have all missed the, the key one, which is Mill. Like, Mill has to come. Oh, right? oh right? God. <laughs> yeah, it has to. Like, Mill is Mil, like, Mil's the only fun deck you can play in any card game. Like, simple as that. Uh, but I think we'll leave it there on that one before I get beaten up. Um, 
But no, so yeah, Gwent expansion, obviously, for those who uh, maybe are new to the game, is dropping uh, pretty much the day you're watching this. So if you're watching this, hey ho, there's a new expansion in Gwent. Definitely go and check it out. Uh, the pre orders will be gone by now, but there'll be plenty of other orders in that you can get in there to, to boost up your collection. Um, but expansion out the way, as we've said, said many times, open number two has just happened. It was a it was awesome. Um, we've spoke already about what we liked about it. We're going to kind of really dive in a bit more now and chew the fat on those topics. And uh, the first one being what everyone has mentioned, how much slicker this production was than especially day one Gwent Open 1, which uh, we know, I mean, I was very vocal. I took to Twitter and, and, and said that I was like, this is a joke. CDPR are a massive company. How can this happen? There's, there's an argument for both sides. We're not going to go there. All I want to say now is it is a lot slicker. But the question I want to pose to you guys, and I'll come to you first, Apero, is with it being so much slicker, mm -hmm. do you think that there's a chance that we end up seeing the end of land tournaments when it comes to opens rather than than uh, moving to online? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I get why they might. There, there are potential benefits, okay? It allows you to bring in people from all different corners of the world, maybe in a way that you couldn't otherwise. Uh, but on the flip side, of course, there are some people who then you don't get to see. For example, we had a few, you know, empty camera slots because of connection issues. Um, I personally think there is a level of hype that comes with a live event uh, that you just cannot bring with an online event. Love it or hate it, um, convenience, money. I know there are plenty of reasons why holding the event online has its benefits. Still, I can't help it. I just don't get as hyped without seeing them sitting at those desks with the headphones on, getting nervous. You know, like that's that's part of the experience for me. And um, yeah. and yeah, personally, I'd love to see love to see the live events come back. Yeah, it's an atmosphere, right? It's an absolute yeah. atmosphere. And we spoke about this two episodes ago with the previous the previous Gwent panel about some people are big playing big big game players like Holloman and, and Tailbot, and feeding off the atmosphere of being opposite your opponent. Some people wouldn't play off that, like, and playing at home on your own in a competitive environment is, is feels a bit alien to them, but definitely can't be a, a live event. But, Specimen, what are your thoughts on it, buddy? Um, more specifically, how do you find the the online events compared to the LAN events? Mm, that's a good question. I feel, um, yeah, like, it's like I say with the linking back to with Red Rain, like, when you're watching Red Rain, you've got, like, someone to properly, like, get behind. When it's, like, a tournament like when they're there in person i feel like it feels more you can like get to know the person potentially a bit more like there might be there might the players might play off each other a bit more like you say you've got that sort of like playing against each other rather than two people looking at their computer screens so i do feel like it's just not quite the same obviously i feel like a strength of cdpr's tournaments as well are they've got the whole atmosphere going on with like the witcher like the tavern setting some of the venues have just been pretty spectacular um Obviously, like even like things like interviews are just a lot more awkward to do over the internet as well. Whereas if you're just sat next to someone, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, definitely for me, you want to keep them in person, get the vibe, you know, nice and uh, everyone enjoying themselves. Whereas when it's online, it's obviously a bit more difficult as well. Obviously, a few disconnects even still, even though it was much smoother, which is just the last thing you want to see, especially when it's Magpie who's bringing like some of the most interesting decks of the weekend. It's a shame when obviously like a whole series goes out the window, kind of, because uh, because that happens. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and Spyro, buddy, your thoughts on the online versus land? I completely agree. I, I do like to see. Um, I do like to see it happen live. And obviously, this is 
I'm glad that we are at least having these opens resume. It was I was starting to get worried at a certain point, like wondering, okay, we have like we have like two opens already lined up. We're gonna start qualifiers number three. What's gonna happen with all this backlog? So I'm glad we actually like getting them them started. And I think online is definitely um is definitely the right move to you know get these things going for the time being. But I would really like to see them at, at, when they can obviously get 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 go back to online event or land events rather because as a parasite you lose out a little bit of that sense of you, you you know um spectator value when you when you don't see the players like at the event at the at cdpr headquarters you know it's 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 different feeling it's 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 much more exciting for me as well um when you get to see the players at the full on at, at the land event rather than you know at home because when, when at home it, it kind of feels like you might be watching almost a regular stream yeah. or, or not in a way but uh, it, it's it i hope it does eventually go back also the disconnects are always you know really like heartbreaking to watch because a player puts in so much time to qualify for these opens they put in you know the, the blood sweat and tears to get there and then to lose out to a disconnect feels so so bad especially um for the player itself so um, I really hope that when we, if when eventually it goes back to land events, to you know mitigate that kind of problem that could happen. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with everything you guys just said. Obviously, um, football's just returned in the UK, as best we all know, and and it's kind of similar. Like the football's there, but there's no crowd, and it's it's you're watching it, and you're like, this is fun, but it just it's missing something, and it's kind of that spectator value. And I, I I get exact same thing that when you're watching the the land events, there's so much more of a spectacle. It's it's an event rather, like you said, than a stream. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, of course you can. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I really feel as well that it's not just about the players. It's also about seeing the casters um, in the masters, also the analysts, um, but seeing them live, it, it does bring a different feeling. And as uh, Spiro said, you know, it looks like they could just be at home, you know, on, I mean, they are at home on their computer, but it could, like, they could just be streaming. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, just another day seeing, you know, a stream from Jagras or whatever. But then suddenly when you're seeing them there in person, you're seeing them talking to each other, it makes you feel more like you're there and it's kind of, you're able to have that sympathetic i guess feeling a lot more so i just wanted to yeah jump onto what spiro said there and just add that on because i do feel like yeah we, you know we talk a lot about the players of course of course we do but it's also seeing people out of their streaming elements the presenters the hosts the casters and it also offers the opportunity right for the gwent community to go there they, they've done that in the yeah, past where they can have these these gwent meets and and that's a great opportunity for the for the gwent community to get together now obviously something that you've all spoken about all of us have mentioned all of us loved him very much i've heard that the, the red rain t-shirts are sold out on the cdpr store don't go there you can't get them anymore guys they are gone uh but red rain what an absolute hero he was he brought light to the he brought comedy he brought humor he brought like grounded human approach to a competitive scene and, uh, and otherwise i don't mean this with any disrespect to any player but sometimes um especially when they're online a stale environment right it's like it could be a cardboard cow sat there because they don't move they just literally they're so focused and red room is very animated um also on top of that the first american and you think about how many american streamers and americans play gwent the first american to qualify for competitive gwent event in three years which is which is huge um so spyro straight off the bat red rain how do you think he played how do you think he done and also i'm guessing you enjoyed watching him but um yeah do you think we'll see him at future gwent or gwent open events 
I mean, anything's possible. It's definitely something that we could see in the future um, at some point. Um, Oval, obviously, was his first squint open, so there's always going to be that element of um, nerves. And Yeah, he was definitely, as you said, a lot more animated than a lot of opponents. I think that, obviously, when you're playing at this level, you uh, most people are completely... You, you saw a lot, like, I would give back an example of life coach, you know, the whole, like, life coach block out everything around you type of expression. And that's kind of what a lot of players um, tend to do is they just try go hyper focus mode and you know completely you know disconnect themselves from from the outside world and put them in fully invest themselves in the game and it's it, it can be difficult for for players to you know just take a step back sometimes remember it's just a game and you know try a fun which obviously red rem seemed to do which was you know it was definitely something that um i think a lot of people appreciated and it was very fun to watch his games yeah, definitely. Apero, your thoughts on Red Rain, the mighty man? <laughs> well, I'm obviously also TA, so uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he was just wonderful. I, I guess there are different types of entertainers we have seen in the past. Tailbot, for example, the tail god, um, bringing a very kind of, I guess, um, uh, what's the word? Not flat, but I guess... Um, Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, just just uh, that type of humor, very kind of even dry. Killed. Dry, dry yeah. thank you. That's the term I'm looking for. That very dry humor that we can all really appreciate. Um, but this is a very different type of entertainer, and uh, it's so much fun to see. I think Spiro kind of touched on it there, but also it, it's not just about them being in a tournament environment that means a lot of players end up being very focused and, and not entertaining, so to speak. Obviously, their focus should be on the games more than on the audience. Um, but it's also, I feel like it's part of, kind of part of the personality of the people who end up being great at these kinds of card games is that they are, they do tend to be very focused, very analytical, um, uh, very, they're very into optimization. The fun for them of the game comes from optimizing decks, optimizing plays. Um, that is where they derive enjoyment, uh, not necessarily from the emotional highs and lows, uh, like like for me, for example, and I'm, I'm sure also for you, Woody, and, and our other guests as well, and to some extent. Yeah, yeah, and Specimen, I know you're a big fan. Uh, I think you were the last person to get the very last Red Rain t-shirt, so congrats on that, buddy. <laughs> but your, uh, your thoughts on Red Rain overall, dude? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've gassed him up already, but it's just like yesterday, I was like, right, Red Dream's playing at this time. I like built my day around it. I was like, cool, I'm watching Red Dream at this time. I don't think I've had that with a Gwent tournament in a long time. I've not been like, oh, bang, this person's playing, that person's playing now. Obviously, he's a streamer as well, so he's got the benefit of me having like watched his streams, interact with him many times. But um, yeah, it's just nice to have someone to root for. And I think um, the fact he bought his Gord. Mahak and Forge deck as well was just great. And I'm so glad he won with it as well. Like I feel like that's, it's nice if he, imagine if he won the whole thing and he won it with Mahak and Forge, it just would have been like the icing on the cake. So as someone that like, when I play, I love like just building decks and playing them. I really respected that he brought that and it wasn't just necessarily like bringing, you know, the most me flavorful meta decks. He, uh, he, he won a game and he did it, you know, playing what he likes to play. So I really rated it. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best deck builders in the game. Like, he's been solely responsible for many metas. The whole Hyperfin meta that came around, that was him. Like, he made the, the Hyperfin meta, and he's, yeah, he's an incredible player. I, I loved how, like, I don't mean it's horribly giddy he was. Like, when they were interviewing him afterwards, he was so excited just to be chatting to Burza. And it's just like, this guy, you can't not love the guy. You can't not root for the guy, because he's just, he's so passionate about it. And that, that's come across... Um, throughout every game he played and his interviews and it was like you said there's a breath of fresh air and i hope we get more um 
create or more more players because in fact he's a content creator gone gone pro and i hope we get uh, more 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 competitive players who bring that kind of atmosphere to the uh to the um the table but I want more victory dances, personally. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, I think I think they should do that before they oh, like a- application is like if you want to go pro ladder, what's your victory dance? Like, rather than just ticking that box in the menu, you just say what's your victory dance? Send us well, a, well, when, a, a gift. They, and... Sorry, I was going to say when they bring back the uh, the video intros, they should make the victory dance part of the like necessary information, like name, age, victory dance. Show us what is it. That's it. If CDPR, if you're watching, sort it. <laughs> get on it. Get on it now. Um, <laughs> As we said, uh, Red Rain, the first uh, Western player to qualify in three years for a competitive Gwent event. Now, obviously, Gwent is now available on Steam, which some people said, oh, it's not going to make a, a big difference. It's made a huge difference with, with the Steam release. It's had a ton of new players coming into it. I don't stream the game much. When I do, lots of people coming in and saying, hey, I'm, I'm a new player to the game. Do you think we're going to see a big influx uh, coming now of of Western players, not so solely off Red Rain's inspiration, but just the fact that these content creators now they've they've had this two three years in homecoming, they're getting to that competitive stage now, and a lot of these players are really focused in on on getting to the open. Do you think that the Western audience really booms up and starts to counterbalance the the Asian and the, the Polish and the um, and the Russian audience uh, coming to you first, Spyro, buddy? Just a question. I mean, the the NA side of things in terms of um, Gwent's like viewership, stream, everything. Like, if you look at the the streaming side of things, a, a big majority of I'd say the biggest Gwent streamers are actually from NA. Um, so, like, a lot of the audience is actually NA based, but. It, I'm not sure the competitive aspect of, of, of Gwent has for the longest time been very EU dominant and obviously also um, Asia dominant as well with China being very dominant in you know Gwent competitive scene. So it's going to be maybe maybe it'll give you know North American players more motivation to say, well, if, if, if Red Ram could do it, then, then we can do it too. And then you know maybe we'll get more play, more players um, actually taking the competitive aspect of Gwent more seriously. Not sure how much going to influence the player base itself because like I said, there's always been a very big... Um, I would say North American influence in Gwent in terms of like you know the, the public as uh, viewership in terms of Twitch viewership and YouTube a lot of the time, but I think it might you know inspire or motivate people to to you know give it their best shot from the NA. Yeah, nice, uh, Apera, coming over to you. Yeah, I, look, I, I personally think there's no doubt that bringing Gwent to Steam and also to mobile, of course, um, has expanded. The audience uh, has expanded the player base, I should say, or the audience, <laughs> expanded the player base into North America a lot more than perhaps before. I, I agree with Spiro insofar as I don't think Red Rain will necessarily encourage more people into the game. What I do think is that those people who are already in the game could be like getting a bit more of a surge of enthusiasm let's say, by seeing him there. And I think this is this is the case, this is always the case when you see someone representing your country or your region uh, in the competitive scene. It's one of the reasons why I find it most exciting when there are people from all over the world in a tournament. You know, if we had uh, a tournament with, you know, seven Polish players and one German player, I'm sure it would be wonderful, but I probably wouldn't get everyone as pumped just because there wouldn't be that element of people rooting for their own region. And that is something that I, I think can't really be undervalued so hopefully you know as someone who does love talking to beginners and helping beginners i really do hope that red rain being there does carry their enthusiasm forward because we do often see that little you know once people get over the beginner hump so to speak uh they often do have that bit of a slump and uh maybe seeing him gets them through that if so great that's awesome 
Yeah, no, and like you said, having having a, a, a variety of nationalities represented because this is the first time the UK's been represented for a long time, right? Specimen and in in Green Knight. So like, I watched Green Knight's game because I was like, he's from the UK. I want to support the UK. Like, so I watched him. Unfortunately, he come up against Tail God, as you said, game one, who was like Tail God, who had had the hottest Vindaloo and was absolutely on fire. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good matchup, and like you said, having nationalities to support was uh, is definitely uh, a nice thing. Specimen Gwent, buddy, your thoughts on um, on the Western audience growing? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I have no idea like if it's gonna what sort of the player base is like in America. I know like the biggest sort of Twitch audience, generally speaking, is like European time more than more than American, I believe. Uh, but certainly, there's a lot of new people coming to the game, right? Obviously, with mobile. I've had like someone I know who's like, oh yeah, I'm playing this game. I'm like, oh yeah, tell me about it. Obviously, knew a bit already. And then um, also with the expansion, you've got obviously a massive audience for just the Witcher universe in general. And like Gauntro Dim being such a, you know, divisive character in the Witcher series, that like, a lot of people have been like, oh yeah, it's Gaunter. They see it and they're like, okay, I'll try this out. Things like the Wild Hunt coming back. I've had a few people in my Twitch chat sort of, oh yeah, well, I've seen Wild Hunts coming back, so I'm, I'm looking to come back. So, I feel like Gwent's got a lot of people over the last like three years. Obviously, the game's changed a tremendous amount. It's got a lot of people that don't play the game anymore that could come back into it. You've got that new audience with um, mobile. Obviously, we lost the console side of things, but um, the mobile audience is only going to grow as well. So I would expect it to just keep going from strength to strength at this point, hopefully. Yeah, no, definitely. And as, as I said in the previous Gwent episode, I honestly think Gwent will be fighting for a top four spot in the like in the biggest CCGs, digital CCGs going. Like it's in that good of a spot right now and it's really taken what it's got already and steamrolling forward at a really nice pace. Um, and I think it's a force to be reckoned with. Now we did see in, in Red Rams first matchup against, apologies if I pronounced this name wrong, Iliwaxa, uh, Iliwaxa. I think it's pronounced Ilua, I, I believe. Ilua. Okay, Ilua. Thank you, Spyro. Um, so in Red Rain's first game, which was an absolute showdown, it was like it was Rocky versus Ivan Drago all over again. Uh, it was um, in, in every sense in terms of nationalities as well as how close it was. And um, it, was a, it was a great matchup. But ultimately, game five came down to a rather tasty size of RNG in the fact that trying to set the scene for people a little bit um red rain had played his his masquerade ball for the second time and the only way that uh the opponent had the answer for it would be through finding artifact removal on shoot he didn't he went on to lose the game if he found artifact removal it's pretty much guaranteed that he would have gone and won the game what i want to propose to you guys and i come to you apero first is now that element of rng that slice of rng watching that did you find that added attention to the game did you watch it and think was you thinking oh my god is he gonna find it? is he gonna find it or do you feel like that kind of rng has got no place in a competitive card game <laughs> well i always tend to fall on the entertainment side of the spectrum when it comes to entertainment versus consistency uh so i'm always gonna say that that i think it's a good thing overall and especially when it comes to events uh would i say the same thing if i were actually competing for money maybe not uh but certainly as a spectator i like it I, I like that it does add tension for me i was going oh come on show us and we could see him hovering over each card just hoping that he would see artifact removal he didn't see it and you feel the kind of like ah. Oh. and i mean he didn't uh, redream i mean did not win by that much in the end um so so you know it was it ended up being close regardless but 
Uh, certainly, I think that kind of thing is just, it's just part of card games. You know, you pay a cost to run Shoop, you have to run a singleton deck, and uh, I think a little bit of RNG is fun. It's not like every game was decided by Shoop. I think if we were seeing like a Shoop meta and, and this was coming up over and over and over and over again, then, you know, maybe I would have a different opinion. But from time to time, why not? You know, let's let's play, let's roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, specimen, buddy, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, it's a card game. You're going to have a certain amount of it. It's fine in the balance, right? I feel like um, I'm not the biggest fan of shoot in general, but that was a great moment. You know, that was just with a pair. I was sort of fist pumping. Obviously, I was wanting Red Rain to win. So when he missed it, it's like a pair. I said it was hovering over each card slowly. The tension was building. And obviously, Red Rain's doing this beforehand. You know what he's thinking <laughs> as well. Um, so I, I love that side of RNG. I feel like. For me personally, the thing I dislike most is just like about draw consistency with like RNG of like, and I think, again, I mean, I, I hate to be the person to talk about artifacts, but artifacts are kind of a big offender. It's like, did you draw the Pella? Did you draw the artifact removal? No. Okay. You probably lose. If you did, you kind of win. That sort of RNG is more like what I dislike. I, I feel like those sort of 60% chance hit and miss is is nice to have in the game. It's more like the did you draw this card at this time? Which is obviously always going to be a thing, but those more sort of like binary related RNG fiestas are, are sort of what I hope we can move away with. And actually, while we're talking about it, with weather, they've decided to remove weather clears, which hopefully is moving away from that sort of like, did you, do you have the weather clear? If you do, you win. If you don't, you lose. So hopefully we can we can keep moving in that direction and sort of have that RNG in a fun sense, but then like, the more oppressive and like feels bad kind of RNG can 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 uh, leave the game a bit more. Well, you nailed that, mate. I, I reckon you've been writing that down for the last hour, haven't you? You've been ah. making notes on that. You absolutely nailed it. It's top top job. Uh, Spyro, buddy, your thoughts on that slice of RNG and and its place? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a topic I could probably talk on about for hours and hours because it's a very it's a topic that is that that it, it it's it <laughs> RNG versus consistency. You know, there's 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 pros and cons to both. Uh, I just want to first highlight in that game you spoke about with Red Rain versus Iluha. Um, although the Shoop did make a did play a very big important role in that game, I feel like because I was analyzing the game um, quite intensively with with one of my teammates, Gravesh, and there were definitely a lot of avenues that Iluha had that he could have altered the outcome of that game. I think despite missing Shoop, I think there were lots of ways he could have actually still won that game. So I don't think the game was decided by the Shoop, but it. Had Ilua found that shoot, he would have been able to, I guess you could say, get away with some of these uh, maybe questionable lines, um, so to speak. But I do feel like you need to find a balance, right? Like if the game is too consistent, then you kind of start you, you start watching chess. And if you're watching chess, yeah. maybe it's not the most exciting thing in the world. It's the most consistent thing, but it might not be the most exciting thing. But at the same time, if it's too inconsistent, then you're having a big dice roll and you and it's not you, you know you, to some extent you still want to see you know better players being rewarded for playing better. So it's a balance you need to strike. Um, and I feel like one of the biggest aspects is, as Besson was referring to, is draw RNG can be quite punishing in Gwent. Um, there are a lot of cards that require very specific answers, like scenarios and bomb heavers, for example. And should you not find the answer at the right time, you can just lose the entire game just because you missed out on that card at that exact moment when you need it. And that can feel very you know, frustrating to just lose out on the game just on the spot. Nothing you can do just because you missed out on that certain answer at the right time. And I think there's a there, there, there's a little bit of a balance that needs to be struck between you know too consistent and too inconsistent, I guess. 
Yeah. No, no, completely agree. It's, it's literally impossible, right, to get rid of any RNG because you draw cards. Like anytime you're drawing something off the top and you're and you're shuffling something, you, you can't guarantee to find set cards, right? Um, but I, I honestly I agree with all of you guys. Like I actually quite like shoot in the in the game because it does run a risk and reward uh, kind of. Um, like archetype such right where you have to singleton right but you you get potentially the reward of, of playing a, a card that you need to play at a certain time but yeah i, I do agree with the, the card draw and finding certain cards mostly as specimen said binary interactions can be uh some things that make me end up not wanting to play gwent for a while when i feel like there's only one answer to one said thing but that's that's my opinion and, and honestly no one really cares about it anyway you guys your guys opinion is bigger and better so um but yeah but, but that's um that's pretty much gonna gonna wrap up this episode, guys. We've had a we've gone through Gwent Open Two and we've gone through Expansion, and Expansion is here tomorrow. You've heard how excited our uh, our wonderful panel are to go and check stuff out, and uh, we've already we know that Spyro and Specimen, I'm sure, are gonna be streaming uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure if a pair is gonna be streaming tomorrow, but they definitely can find some beginner content i'm sure very soon uh, but before we go we want to let our panel say goodbye and uh if you guys could also let them know again let the community know where they can find you um and uh and yeah so we're gonna head over to apero first oh thank you uh well i mean it's pretty easy to find me on youtube that's probably the easiest place to find me you just type apero and gwent and search and you are very likely to find me there aren't a lot of me around uh so <laughs> of my name around uh other than that yeah that's all there is to it i'm on i'm very active on twitter but uh, yeah, I won't be streaming, but I will be releasing some videos. I've actually already released a video today uh, showing, oh, sorry, yesterday, I guess, when this is showing, um, about Veil and Rupture and how they work. So if anyone's a little bit confused about those two new keywords, um, you can definitely look that up on my YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, Spyro, buddy, where can people find you? Um, yeah, basically, you could just type in Spyro underscore ZA. Um, I, some some avenues like tw Twitter, I've got like two underscores because apparently single underscore was really taken. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so just just you could just type in Spyro underscore ZA on probably most platforms, and you'll probably find me more or less. I probably stream every. I, I stream pretty much every single day. So yeah, you're an animal is streaming all the time, like so consistently yeah. for so long. I rate it so much, man. Yeah, I've, I actually looked at my hours. The last year, I've streamed two thousand and fifty-four hours of Gwent. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I, I think I need I think I need help. <laughs> no, it's a great yeah. effort. It's a great effort. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. specimen body. Oh, sorry, Spyro. No, no, no I'm just. I, I'm just oh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> cool. Spyro underscore Z A. And specimen body. Where can people find you, Champ? Uh, yeah, at specimen Gwen Twitter, uh, YouTube, Twitch. Okay. Simple as that, eh? Short, sharp, and sweet, mate. Just like the hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you guys are interested in finding me anywhere, sometimes I stream Gwent, sometimes I stream Magic. I play, play whatever I want, really. To be honest, you can just find me out. What's up, Woody? Uh, anywhere you want to. But again, a massive thank you to our panel for taking time out of the day to come and chat to us about Gwent. We have to wait now until August for Gwent open number three maybe there's a masters in the middle of there that's not a leak don't go crazy and say that's a leak that's just me speculating maybe there's a masters in the middle of there who knows but uh, in august i'm sure we'll be back chatting about some more gwen but until next time guys have a great day morning evening whatever it is wherever the hell you guys are just make sure you guys stay beautiful until then goodbye <laughs>